right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode post-trade deadline. Furious show, literally, literally devastated by the Memphis Grizzlies holding on to Tyreek Evans past the trade deadline as if they thoroughly have no understanding of the NBA salary cap, the cycle of franchises, the way to cash in your assets for something else. Inexplicable. While they are tanking to turn down multiple second-round picks offered for Tyreek Evans. Very, very angry. I don't know what to say. I'm going to have a funeral for my uh, my Grizzlies just love. Uh, maybe on the next full episode with John and Chuck. If you want more John and Chuck in your life, you can get that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We've been posting some exclusive bonus content. Uh, some of it I think we're going to share with the whole world because it's so good. Uh, it can't stay behind the paywall. But for those of you who do contribute in the Patreon, let just let it be known, you funded such good things. I'm talking about the uh, that hot chip challenge that uh, that John gave me and Chuck. It, it was really funny. It was really awful, actually. Uh, it made me actually kind of sick. But anyway, uh, if you want to support our show and become like those awesome listeners who have helped fund the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Like, like I said, you get exclusive content. John's been writing some stories. We put some videos up there. Uh, the power rankings, the Slack chat, the fantasy basketball over at fantrax.com, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to become a, a power listener, someone who really supports the program, do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. I will also remind you about the draft app, the fantasy basketball draft app. I've been playing it every single day. I'm on a bit of a hot streak. We're playing against our listeners only. You go to draft.com slash fastbreak. You can download the app there. You can get it from the iTunes store, uh, any other app store, the Android store, and then just use our code FASTBREAK to get a free $3 entry into any game. Uh, they just do snake drafts. Do them every single day. Uh, again, follow me on their FASTBREAK break, and I'll follow you back, and then I'll get you in my listener games that I do playing for a dollar or two just about every day. So remember, draft.com slash FASTBREAK. Use the code FASTBREAK. My guest today is a contributor at B-Ball Breakdown and the host of On the NBA with Dave DeFore. Mr. Coach Dave DeFore, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, it's good to talk to you. It's uh, good to talk to you. you I'm, left, I'm excited. You left me an iTunes review on my birthday. Uh, I did. And just let it be known, if others do that, they can also be guests on the program. <laughs> you know, actually, I was a little disappointed in myself because... Um, I, you know, I'm always pushing for people to review and I thought I had already left you a review. So I'm a little disappointed that, uh, it took your reminder and I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even positive that I hadn't already left your review. Well, that I was going to say um, that because I don't, I, I may have. You, you just might've updated it. Although I feel like, yeah. I feel like our tally went up. So I think, I think it, uh, not that I know exactly the number of reviews I have on iTunes, but, uh, the, yeah, the, the tally yeah. went up one. 
I gotta not make that sure that's I've important re- at all, right? Not that that's the most important thing that any listener of the show can do right now at this moment <laughs> on your phone. Well, I, is it just agreed upon that? Like, we don't have any actual, I don't have any actual knowledge that getting an iTunes review helps me in any way. However, I've heard it. If in, I can get incessantly. Nerdy. Yeah. The I, the, so the way iTunes work, there's an algorithm, right? I've heard, no, I've heard um, this. They, okay. So they take into account, uh, listens through like the Apple podcast app, uh, ratings, reviews. So like if, even if you just click the stars, written reviews are better. They're weighted heavier. But those stars can be manipulated in a way like, you know, when people go into buying followers and things like that. Yeah. Similar. Um, but those reviews make a big difference for visibility. That's what gets you up in like the rankings in like sports and recreation and things like that. Um, it's it's about buzz. It's not about like download numbers. They're, they're not really taken into account. So uh, ratings and reviews are the one way that a listener can affect whether more people can find your podcast, and then that's how podcasts are sold to advertisers. I mean, again, everything you've told me, how do you know this? Everything you've told me, I already knew and, and could repeat like verbatim to someone, but yeah. I don't have that actual knowledge of knowing it. I just feel like it's been a uh, something we all say over and over and over. I don't know where the actual uh, facts or the proof is that that's what happens. I mean, I guess I don't have like the Apple internal memo See, there you or go. anything like that. They you, should release the memo. You also um, could, you could just be spreading the same misinformation, Dave. I have definitely told a lot of podcasters about it because, you know, again, <laughs> it's important. And I, that's why I bring it up on every podcast I'm a guest of for people to rate and review that podcast because it is the most important. I mean, again, these are free. These are free. And, and I mean, I listen to podcasts, too. And I try to make a point that when I listen to a new podcast, if I like it, I'll go and give them a review. Um, it, it just makes a big difference. And and knowing both sides of it as a listener and as a podcaster myself and knowing the economic part of it, it's important to go do. Yeah. So, so, so everyone write us both reviews. Yes. But Even now, if you don't listen to mine. That's all, that's all I say to my friends. You don't have to listen to my podcast. Just write a review. How, how hard is that? That's right. Anyway, hey, we got to get out of the weeds of this iTunes talk. Yes, yes. we got to get to the to the big news of the day, and that's definitely your breakfast, Dave. Again, I am. <laughs> I, I, I live to disappoint. Um, uh, this morning was a little bit busy here, right? Uh, so um, I did not eat breakfast. I had like brunch. Um, I had a uh, ham and Swiss croissant. There you go. With some uh, kettle cooked uh, chips, sea salt, and a quad of four shot, four shots of espresso latte. Nice. So you did it right. You could say it into a breakfast, but that, my friend, is a gigantic and healthy breakfast. We will count it. Sure. That's perfect. So trade deadline day, one of the one of the best days of the year, one of my favorite days of the year. I texted my my very supportive wife. And I was like, it's trade deadline day. It's really heating up. And she sent like a, ooh, yay, I'm happy for you, just supportive text. And then the next text was, didn't we already celebrate this during the summer? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, no, that's, that's free agency day. That's free agency day. That's different. But they're both days we, uh, you know, players get traded, get, get moved to new teams. And she's just like, I'm, I'm so happy for you. So that was the, uh, that was the good uh, <laughs> Why support? What so today trade deadline day? One of my favorite days. How did you spend the day? How are you following the news? Um, I had uh, I was in my my office in my like command center, and I had uh, 
two two browsers open, not just browser tabs. I had NBA TV on one, and I was watching the excellent analysis there, um, which, by the way, David Griffin has been in, incredible this season, and and running up to the deadline, he's been great. Um, and then I had you know Twitter open on one, and I had my notifications blowing up on my phone, and I was trying to respond to text messages and things like that. Um, it, it was, uh, it was an interesting morning. It was an incredible morning. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it started slow, like, like it has in many years past, but then it was a, it was a nonstop roller coaster. I was sweating. Like, like I was, I was staying at home with my baby, uh, and just had like the, the tweet deck open and just everything was happening and I'm just, I'm tweeting, I'm reading and it was exhilarating. It was it was insane, and it felt like just every domino was when they started to fall. It was just bang, 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 and you know it started out slow, like you said. And I I think have been the only person that said I expected it to be a busy deadline. Uh huh. And, and like in direct, like completely contrary to what every other person was saying. And my reasoning, I, you know, I looked at the landscape this summer. I really thought it, it would be an opportunity for teams to, um, you know, go after some of these restricted free agents, Rodney Hood being one of them, right. um, that they might value. And as a way that they knew they could get them and then have bird rights and things like that. But also, you know, like midseason trade is, is a good way to get some of these, some of these guys, other teams might undervalue. And, and especially since almost no one's going to have cap space this summer. Um, so I expected it to be busy and I'm glad that I was right. Frankly, that yeah. that's, that's where we're at. I was correct and everyone else was wrong. <laughs> one, one of the first moves was, or the first big move was the kind of the shocker of Cavs and Lakers getting a deal done. Ended up being, they sent Channing Fry, uh, purging the final remnants of the road trip and podcast from Cleveland. They sent Channing Fry and Isaiah Thomas, who was fifth in the MVP vote last year, they sent those two in what's essentially, you know, was the Lakers getting contracts off their books. They sent them for Jordan Clarkson uh, and Larry Nance. In a vacuum on its own, the first move there, I was I was stuck with like, that's incredible for the Lakers, who also got, sorry, they also got the Cavs' first-round pick. I thought that was right. an incredible move for the Lakers and a, a shockingly bad move for the Cavaliers. How did, how did that first move uh, strike you? Uh, I'm right there with you. Great deal for the Lakers. And actually I didn't think it was a, it wasn't a terrible move for, for the Cavs. I mean, I, Isaiah Thomas had to go. He just did. I mean, you know, whether that was being traded or released or whatever, they needed him out of that locker room. Um, it, it was obvious that he was a huge detriment to what they were trying to do. And, um, you know, so he was gone and I knew this was going to happen a couple weeks ago, not this trade, but that he was going to be gone. And so I, I think that that's addition by subtraction right there. Um, Jordan Clarkson is not a bad player. He's actually a good player as long as you put him in the right role. And I think Cleveland could use a guy like him, a spark plug, young guy off the bench that can give you 15 to 18 points a game. That's, that's incredibly valuable. And, uh, uh counter, you know, they counterpoint they could, Dave. He's incredibly mediocre and has never played an important basketball game in his life. Uh, counter counterpoint. Yes, please. Has he ever played with a guy of the caliber of LeBron James or no. Kevin Love? Well, oh, I mean, right. obviously Le- LeBron can elevate Booby Gibson. Perhaps exactly. he can elevate sure. elevate Jordan Clarkson. He cannot yeah, apparently think... elevate Isaiah Thomas. But okay, but Isaiah Thomas is a different type of player, right? And <laughs> yeah. also different type of player 
from Isaiah Thomas last season. You know, this hip thing is like, it's a real problem. It's, it's a real issue. And I mean, you know, I, I question the Celtics medical staff a little bit from last year. I mean, it, it obviously got them into some, some trouble, um, allowing him to play through this thing, but also like, he's not, he's not the same guy. Uh, technically it worked out great for the Celtics. Certainly. Yeah, it did, but it didn't work out great for Isaiah Thomas. No, not at all. Um, so, but anyway, um, yeah, I I think, I think that Jordan Clarkson will be nice, a nice piece for them coming off the bench. Again, it's some youth, it's some energy and that sort of stuff is important. Now, with that being said, giving up that first round pick, I don't like it. That's, that's, Um, that's my biggest question. Why is there a first round pick in this transaction? Because the Lakers desperately wanted to get off of Jordan Clarkson's contract. Like right. that, is and that the price for unloading Isaiah Thomas? I, so that's the thing. I, it doesn't make any sense to me um, how you can send two expiring contracts. I mean, you know, they, they could they could buy out Isaiah for, for less than what they owe for the rest of the year. Either way, he's off the books this summer. Uh, same with Channing Frye. Um, it's weird that it took that pick to get that deal done. I, I just it's hard for me to believe there was a, a massive market for Nance and, and Clarkson. Um, maybe that pick was for, uh, Nance, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know that we'll ever know. Cause I don't know how much front offices want to divulge that sort of information. Um, but it, it, I didn't like that, that part of it, but everything else I thought was fine. I, um, I mean, I thought it was a, one of those win wins, um, where I would give the Lakers, I give them an A for, for getting that late first round pick. And, you know, if I don't penalize the Cavs too much for giving up that that pick, because they still have the Nets pick, um, you know, I'd probably give them a B because I think Clarkson and Nance are, are good energy guys to bring off the bench for that team. They like they haven't had young legs on that team in forever. Yeah. So, do you think uh, with Isaiah Thomas and his struggles this year, it's it's you consider it largely to be health? But a lot of it is is attitude or, or whatever's going on with the interpersonal relationships. It, do you think that's going to carry over? You know, like like, is that the big question? He's got a stink on him right now. Yeah, you know, uh, and and it's it's already started. You know, his agent was was texting media people, you know, angling for a buyout because they're worried Isaiah Thomas is going to come off the bench. I'm I'm sorry, man, but like, he's got to rebuild his image. Yeah, he was he was atrocious as a teammate on the Cavs. Can you I mean, think he, he went to the media? So like, I don't know. I like I, I'm a coach and, and this kind of thing rubs me the wrong way in particular, because I know like, you know how this can affect locker room dynamics. And he just didn't seem to care. And that's, a, that's a bummer. Can you think of another example? I've been racking my brain of another example of a player whose stock has fallen so pre- precipitously without being like arrested or injured. Dwight is about the only guy I can think of. Dwight Howard, yeah. Dwight Howard. There, well, it started with the Stan Van Gundy, the the Diet Pepsi moment, and then the whole L.A. debacle where he would only set screens for Kobe Bryant, not Steve Nash, who was the greatest pick and roll ball handler in NBA history. He would not screen for him. He would only screen for Kobe Bryant, and so that kind of stuff, you know. Um, I think Dwight's the closest. And even that, I don't, it was not as fast. No, it was, it was years. Over the course of I mean, it year, was a back right. injury, you know, and then some of that yeah. stuff. And it, it, but you still had people acquiring him, the Rockets getting him and being very excited. They, they brought still Dwight a good Howard. player. And he's still, he still play, a good he, player. Yeah. yeah. But now he does have that. Yeah. I was thinking of like, 
guys who completely fell off, like Darren Williams fell off really fast where he was like an all pro Chris Paul level. And then it yeah. took a couple of years where maybe he, he wasn't as ankle, good. That ankle injury, but he wasn't a jerk about it. Oh, well, well he did run off Jerry Sloan, I guess, or he, he gets blamed for some of that. Maybe. I, I don't know blamed. the details, but right. Right. But he wasn't like talking to, uh, you know, jazz, <laughs> the jazz beat writers after, after <laughs> game saying, you know, Jerry Sloan is a big problem here. <laughs> you know, when I don't yeah. run a pick and roll right, Jerry Sloan doesn't look at me. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it really, that's the, for me the wrong way, man. It's wild. It seems like he could really rebuild his value on this Lakers team where they're not tanking. They want that to win. That was my thought. They, that was my thought. They're running out that, uh, you know, would Alex Caruso and Tyler Ennis are playing lots yeah. of minutes because Lonzo Ball's hurt. It seems like, you know, Isaiah Thomas could maybe try to grab his mojo, you know, be a good soldier, kind of good teammate. Right. I don't know. Seems good. I, I really looked at it as an opportunity for him to rebuild his value. I, I think right now, like if he, if he were bought out, no, I don't think anybody's signing him for the rest of the season. Um, I think he's like a minimum guy who has to prove that he can play and not be a detriment to the locker room. Yeah, it's wild. Let's let's look at the rest of the Cavs move. So after that, then came the big three team trade. This and this was this was big time for me. This is where I think most of us following along went from like Kobe Altman's in over his head to wow. Uh, now the Cavs have totally revamped their roster. They've totally changed it all around. They got George Hill from the Kings. They got Rodney Hood from the Jazz. And they, they sent out Jay Crowder to the Jazz, Derek Rose, who, who got waived or bought out or whatever, and then dumped Amon Shumpert. Uh, it seems like a great move for the Cavaliers. Um, does anyone else, how do you feel about it for the Jazz? Um, not as good. <laughs> I mean, you know, Crowder's not the guy he was two years ago. Obviously, Derrick Rose is just not really going to be with the team. He's going to probably sign in Minnesota. Um, yeah, like I think there's a there's potential for Crowder to be more like he was two years ago with the Celtics, just because of the defensive scheme being different. Meaning they actually have one in Utah, and he's got a rim protector. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know, man. Like Rodney Hood is a really good player and he's young. And I think his contract's not going to be crazy this summer because of the market. Uh, I, I just think it's hard for me to give up on a guy who's 24, 25 years old, you know, that can do the stuff that he can do. I mean, he's six, eight, he's big. He, uh, you know, he had a 30 point game the other night where he took like 15 shots. Yeah, yeah he, get out of here. He definitely has been on fire for like the, the three games before the trade deadline. And it's weird to me also the timing of where it falls in the Jazz's season. Because I think they won, they won seven straight. Like they're, they're bearing down on getting maybe a playoff spot, especially with the Pelicans being kind of up in the air. Like they, it looks like they, they could be in that race. And Jay Crowder seems slightly redundant, I guess. You know, they, they have a lot of... I mean, I don't like, like you're not in love with Jonas Jerebko, but like he does some of the same stuff. He's not really a three. It right. seems like they need, they need more of a wing. But I guess, you know, the Jazz looked at their team and said, we don't want to deal with his restricted free agency. We assume crowd or cost control maybe maybe is a little better. Do you think Rodney Hood in Cleveland, is he going to step into like, will he start at the two or the three? Like is, is J.R. Smith still starting on this team? You know, I, I've wondered this uh, since the trade went down, and you know, I think that ultimately he winds up. It's it's him or Jr. at the two, but that they could start. The way I would start actually is with Hill, Jr., 
uh, Hood, LeBron as the four while yeah. Love is out, and Tristan Thompson at the five. And then you've got some continuity in that lineup. You know, some guys that have been there and played together. And then you've got Hill and Hood who are who are good players. I mean, I, Hill is going to have no problem stepping right in and being good from day one. He's leading the NBA in three point percentage, albeit only three attempts a game. So I expect that to double. Um, but the guys shot 40% last year on about five attempts a game. So, um, I think we're going to see a rejuvenated George Hill and he's going to get all these open spot up threes. And that's going to be awesome. I think Rodney Hood's going to do the same thing. And you know, uh, he's not, he's going to be a better defender at whatever position he's at because he's six, eight and that helps and he's young. Um, so I, I don't know what they're going to do specifically with the lineups to start. Um, but I could see him going either way with uh, with Jr. or Hood as starters. I mean, ultimately, you know, by the time the playoffs roll around and Love's back in there, um, I don't know. I, I know they like to start Jr. So, and it's crazy because you know Dwayne Wade going back home to to the Miami Heat, so so frees up, I guess, a little more. It it makes the Cleveland Cavaliers roster make more sense to me now, and I've got to say incredibly interested to watch a totally like we get a totally new revamped LeBron James team, which is really fun. Like, I mean, obviously one of the greatest players of all time, uh, and especially coming off his last game, like an all time game against the Timberwolves. Amazing. But now we get to see him have like a a whole new roster. George Hill seems like a great fit. You know, the defensive point guard, a good spot up shooter. Uh, the Kings, that's kind of a, a, like a, well, I guess you got out of the contract that that was it. Like the benefit that they did get a 2020 second round pick from the heat thrown in there. But you know, I guess they don't have to deal with the fact that they signed so many uh, veterans for, for so much for so long. Uh, let's move <laughs> to, so my, my favorite team, the Grizzlies, uh, they started the day fine. Like we moved James Ennis, a guy who I think is good when he has a role and right. they, they'd never given him a role. Where I was like, fine, just like if you're not going to play him, let's just get a second, like get a second round pick for him. He goes to the Pistons, where I think he'll have a role and he'll actually help that oh, team. Oh, he's going to be really good there. Yeah, like yeah. I'm really excited for the Pistons. Like good for James Ennis. So you know, the the Grizzlies get Bryce Johnson, another you know, I'll say useless power forward for the roster. <laughs> like they, what in the world do they need him for? But they hey, get a they're trying round, to collect the whole set, man. They get a second round pick that's in the future, which was uh, again a big positive for me as a Grizzlies fan. I was like, I don't want a 2018 second round draft pick. We have five rookies on our team right now, you know, who were ostensibly trying to develop. But then the big news of the day was going to be, we're trading Tyreek Evans. We, we'd had him benched for an entire week. Like we, we pulled him out of a game and then they didn't trade Tyreek Evans and won't be able to resign him because of of the way they just treated him. I mean, like, yeah, Dave, Dave. So you're you're an outsider on the Grizzlies. I'm I'm too close to it that I can't I can't see straight right now. Right. Uh, what's it? <laughs> tell me, can you find a positive spin? No, there isn't one. I mean, I did I did think about it just briefly. I was like, well, you know, they probably saw Lou Williams got that deal, right? And they're like, well, maybe we can bring him back or something around what Lou Williams is making. But um, you don't have his bird rights, right? You, right. Your your salary sheet already sucks. Uh, and you just held him out because you were going to trade him. So literally you toyed around with his life for a week. Uh, you, you know, why, why would he re why would he resign with you? And you're already not a free agent destination. So treating guys that way, uh, not a good look. And 
you're going to lose this guy and get nothing in return, even though he was in demand. I like two second rounders is a decent haul for a dude that you just signed on a team. That's terrible. And for a guy you're going to lose, I mean, I, I would just take the second rounders and you know, you can always package them with other stuff later. They're always nice sweeteners. Um, the moody in a second rounder, like why not? Why not give it a shot? Why not? Why not give it a whirl? Why not? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even want moody. Is, Cause I, in my mind, 22, yeah, he's 22. Whatever he is. Why I mean, I give it a shot. I definitely wanted that over what happened, which right. is, which is nothing. Yeah. So the positive spin that I've heard from other Grizzlies writers when they're trying to come up with a positive spin is the Lou Williams deal kind of set a market maybe for these guys, and it was less than the full mid-level, which the Grizzlies can use this year. So the sure. Grizzlies suddenly decided, like, oh, we can afford to pay Tyreek Evans. Some people who have been incredibly vocal, like Anthony Sane, who is a Memphis writer who's incredibly critical of Chris Wallace, actually gives Chris Wallace credit, like, Chris Wallace isn't this dumb. He probably, he hopefully got an indication from Tyreek's camp that, you know, like the, a full mid-level contract could be in the ballpark of a thing. And they love it being in Memphis. Obviously Tyreek Evans has the Memphis connection from college. So that's the positive spin. The negative spin for me is why in the world would you not just get two second round picks? Like you're selling me best case scenario is the Grizzlies next year, use their entire full mid-level to bring back some of our same team that's terrible this year? Like, you're telling me the only free agent week because we're capped out. So you're telling me, best case scenario, the only new guy we get next year is Tyreek Evans again? And there's, there's no guarantee of that. And then, as you said, it's like, we're tanking. The Grizzlies are 18 and 36 as we talk on Thursday night. They, they just need to get assets. They were offered assets. The report of the Celtics offered Gershon Yabisele and two second rounders. That's yeah, a great that's haul. a good deal. That's, that's fantastic. a good haul. Like that's yeah, yeah, ever... ask ask a Celtics fan how they felt about it. Yeah, that's every Grizz that's every Grizzlies fan high fiving. Like that's everyone everyone who follows the Grizzlies. Like it took us weeks. It took Grizzlies fans so long to get on board with tanking, like to give up. Like oh yeah, it's good to lose. Like let's improve our draft pick. We can revitalize our entire franchise. And then everyone understood. Like all right, good. We'll trade Tyreek Evans. We'll get more. We'll, we'll reload like the draft picks. Even like a second round pick. You look at the pick that the Grizzlies gave to the Suns just to take Troy Daniels' contract last year. They turned that into Alfred Payton. They just get a free Alfred Payton trial. And, <laughs> right. you know. And try him out for the rest of the year and yeah, see what like, happens, right? Just having second round picks is good. It's, I, I'm and so, roster flexibility. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with taking on, again, like, uh, one man's trash, trash is another man's treasure. Like, we don't know if Moutier would come to Memphis and thrive. Right. You just don't know. And maybe he comes and you're like, you see like, oh man, he's actually not bad. And we could see some things we could do with our development staff or whatever. And then maybe you get him cheaper this summer as a restricted free agent. You have his bird rights and all this stuff. And then you've got a 22 year old point guard who can still develop. Um, but now you've got nothing, literally nothing. Literally, and literally. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to piss people off with this, uh, like any Grizzlies fan, but I, I, I know all I need to know about that front office when they said Marcus Saul is not available, yeah. despite the fact that he is on the like big time on the decline and on that massive contract and, and they're in salary cap hell. Um, I'm sorry, man, but like that's not long term thinking. And you're just never going to get ahead only thinking about today. Even I'll even defend I'll even defend them for Marcus Saul. I've been on the we're not going to get anything of value 
that, that even approaches, I think, what we will get from Mark Gasol on the court the next two or three years. I'm fine with, let's have our identity. We can, re- we can reboot and be a good playoff team. But the entire point of that was we get a high draft pick this year and we get some fu- we restock the, the war chest of future assets by trading away James Ennis, by trading away Tyreek Evans. Someone said it's like, you know, uh, someone said on Twitter, it's like finding a $10 bill, someone offering you $20 for that $10 bill, and you saying, nah, I wanted $25. And then just put the $10 bill back in your pocket. It's like, That's and, even, really good. and even them, them benching, them benching Tyreek Evans and then trying to play hardball is so ridiculous. Like them trying to say like, oh yeah, we need a first round pick. Uh, another analogy. It's like uh, going to a used car lot saying I need a new car and then lighting the car you drove, like drove up in just lighting it on fire saying, well, I know I no longer have a car. I would like to have your best deal, please. Yeah. Cause he's not going to resign. I just don't see it. I can't I mean, imagine he would. There's going to be a market for him. And I mean, just like Lou Williams, um, there, there would be a market and, and, and there's going to be a market full of teams that did not just have him hang out for a week waiting to be traded. I, I just, I think this is one of the most underrated things about this entire, you know, uh, like we all like love free agency and we all love trades and all that stuff. But like a lot of people forget the human aspect of it. And this stuff is real. It, it's why it's why teams go out of their way to sign clutch people if they want a shot at LeBron. Yeah, you know it. It might it might be dumb to sign uh, KCP to a seventeen million dollar deal, but if it gives you a better shot at LeBron, all right, we can throw seventeen million at him for the year. I, I just I, I think people forget about that, and and obviously the Memphis front office wasn't thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and I think another thing that really frustrates me is even when people like us, just just podcasters who aren't, you know, we're not on the inside. We're just people who we're just people, or maybe Dave's oh, we on aren't. the inside. Dave's on the inside. But like, even when even when random Twitter users, when we come up with our fake trades and we're talking online, we all agreed weeks ago. Yeah, you probably. I can't find any team that would give a first round pick for Tyreek Evans, like right. the Nate Duncans of the world. We already said like. Yeah, there's no first-round pick out there unless you want to take back Jason Smith's contract, unless you want to take back Jared Bayless's contract. And I feel like the really by the way, that's not the worst. That's not the worst thing either. Not at all. <laughs> like, like you won't take back Daryl Armstrong's contract. Like, I mean Daryl Arthur, uh, Daryl Arthur's contract. It's like I'll take Daryl Armstrong's contract. Yeah, yeah. We had already. I feel like NBA fans had already figured out. Like, yeah, you're probably getting two seconds. And we were happy with it. We were like, this is great. And the fact that the, that the front office, the people who get paid to run the team, didn't have this realization and decided to be like, all right, fine. If we're only getting two seconds, we're just going to keep him and try to sell that. And also, Dave, they haven't tried to sell it. No. They, they haven't done any PR. They haven't announced anything. Like, they haven't. Oh, did they do a conference call? No, they haven't. They haven't addressed anything. Their one, one of their Grind City media members put out like, he put out some statement that seemed like he was trying to blame Mark Gasol. And then I like God. aggressively responded to it. Like I did not anticipate that you guys would spend this to blame Mark Gasol, but uh, that's my fault for not seeing that. But then he, and then he had another statement like, Oh, I didn't mean to imply it was Mark Gasol's fault when he explicitly tweeted. That it was Mark Gasol's fault. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm very worked up, but uh, let's look at the, let's, <laughs> I can l- see l- that. let's hey, wrap up. Yeah. yeah by so, the way, so, by yeah. the way, you and I, we spoke, after the Fisdale firing. And I yeah. told you that, I mean, that was one of the most backwards thinking, uh, it's a clown show scenarios. Yeah. I, like again, 
I, I Marcus has been a great player. Um, I know that he's meant it's meant a lot to have him in Memphis. Um, but choosing him over a guy who was who was in the process of changing the culture. And while we don't know if he was going to turn into a Popovich or whatever, I mean, the guy had the credentials, you know, I mean, he was a Miami heat assistant coach for a long time, had rings, knew what he was doing and was well-respected around the league. I mean, his name now pops up for every open job. Oh yeah. And they gave that guy up (laughs) to keep a dude who might not even be a productive player two years from now. So that told me plenty. Let's uh let's let's wrap up with just bouncing around through uh some of these other kind of kind of minor trades. Was it was there anything else out there that uh, that you found m- most interesting about the day? Alfred Payton getting traded for a second rounder is one of the most sad things just of all time. Him. Yeah, and I mean, especially since like a lot of his shooting problems could be fixed by cutting his hair. <laughs> I mean, I I know that sounds funny, and it is a funny thing to say, but like it's kind of true. Um, you know, his hair gets in the way. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's real. Um, and, and it, I just, I, you know, it, it just shows you what his value is around the league. Like, I mean, this summer he's going to be a restricted free agent. I mean, he could wind up signing a qualifying offer if he gets one. Um, again, good move by Phoenix, kick the tires on this guy, see what you got. Um, and uh, what was it? There was another one that I was also a little bummed out by, but I can't remember what it was. I, was I don't bu- know. I, thought, <laughs> I was bummed I out the by uh, well uh, Pistons did well. The uh, the Bruno Caboclo for oh, Malachi gosh. Richardson, and then Bruno Bruno sadly got waived by, by no, the Kings. No, 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 they oh, did, kept him. They oh, he waived. Did? They waived Papianis. I thought they waived him both. No, I'm pretty sure they kept Bruno. Okay, I gotta I gotta Google I, this. We've got we've got some conflicting. Oh, the kid, the kid, um, right, the Kings will be keeping Bruno Caboclo. There you go. And so, yeah, they, they, um, they waived Papa Giannis, which, right. I mean, he was, he was a 2016. He was a number 13 pick. Yeah. That's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. He was uh, taking what? Four picks before Wade Baldwin. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of the three-way trade? Moutier going to the New York Knicks, uh, Doug McDermott going to the Dallas Mavericks and another display of white privilege. And then Devin Harris going to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so in that order, uh, I've got weird, meh, and good. So I'll start with the good. Um, I think Devin Harris is, is exactly the kind of guy that Denver was needing. Um, a veteran point guard, good caretaker of the ball, doesn't, doesn't turn the ball over a lot is a really good spot up shooter. So he stands to benefit greatly from their ball movement based offense. Um, and he's a really good defender in the pick and roll. So, um, I think he could play next to Murray and Harris. So, you know, having him come off the bench, I think is good. They've, they've missed that, that dude all year. Um, with the weird Moutier in New York is strange, but again, it's kicking the tires on something. Um, you know, they, they've got Nilakina who, I like a lot. Uh, they made they made a lot of moves to get Trey Burke on the roster, and he's been decent. And now they've got Moutier. And so now, like, they've got these three young guards. So unless they really believe in a lot of internal pressure and competition, which could be a thing, um, it, it just seems weird. Uh, they're going to basically be splitting development for from these guys. So um, I think that was a weird move. And then McDermott has actually been decent for the Knicks. So I don't even know why they moved him. Uh, he's a restricted free agent this summer and the Mavericks are going to have a ton of cap space. 
So I, I'm imagining that the Mavericks like McDermott uh, because Harris was also an expiring deal. Um, so they'll have McDermott's bird rights, and he's a restricted free agent. I'm assuming once they're finished with all their free agency moves, they like McDermott enough, they bring him back. He's an end-of-the-bench sort of guy. But he can slide between the three and the four and can knock down shots. I mean, and he's not a terrible defender. But that that is a little bit of white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the number... The number Coach's son, man. It's Coach's the, son. The number of articles that are written like... Can McDermott do it in this team? Like the number of optimistic takes every time he changes teams. It's like if he wasn't white, he would not. No one would be writing articles, and it probably wouldn't still be getting passed around. But anyway, that's just my own uh, my own take there. Uh, the uh, Dante Cunningham for Rashad Vaughn. Who cares? I guess Dante Cunningham is is going to play uh, for the Nets. The you Nets. mentioned the Pistons had had a good day getting Jameer yeah. Nelson, Willie Reed. That's probably the last we saw of you because. Uh, uh, those domestic violence things, hard to shake. The NBA does not play that. Yeah, no. they don't play. Luke Babbitt, triumphant return along with Dwayne Wade. A hero's welcome awaits him in, in Miami. And, and that's a good get for Miami because Olenek might be out for a little bit, so Babbitt can kind of fill some of those minutes. Uh, although I hope Bam Adebayo gets the majority of them. Oh, Bam's incredible. And I was a little surprised with the Hawks, uh, not the same category of holding on to Tyreek Evans. A little a little surprised both the Dwayne Dedman and uh, uh, Bellinelli. Ended ended the day. Uh, still still on Atlanta. Yeah, I expect a buyout or or a wave for uh, Bellinelli. Um, a gentleman's I, wave. Yeah, the Just gentleman's like wave. You go 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 go, uh, go go join a good team. We thank you for your yeah, contributions before March fifteenth, so he can join a playoff team. Or is it March first? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so he can join a playoff team. And then my, I'm rooting for him to either go to the Warriors or go to the Celtics because I I just feel like he he could feast on either one of those teams. Yeah, I love Marco Bellinelli. I mean, I'm a, a Man, huge I thought, villain. I, I thought he was like going to end up. I also thought the Sixers would like maybe get him. It seemed like the Sixers had like had a, I, I was I was eyeing, eyeing like an Amir Johnson for Ilyasova and Bellinelli, but apparently Ilyasova didn't want to move. He wanted to yeah. stay in Atlanta or something. Yeah, guys like down. Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, so Amir Johnson is is interesting, man, because I had been eyeing him as a guy who was going to get moved. Once he was signed, I, I figured that a $11 million contract was all about having a trade piece. Right. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised, but I think they're also surprised he's played as much as he has. Yep. Well, so. they, six or seven in their hands. There's going to be a lot of buyout activity. So we're going to see some of these teams probably uh, Lopez. Bolster, bolster themselves. Oh, you think yeah, Lopez Brooke, is getting bought out? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it doesn't really make a lot of, a lot of sense um, for him to just sit on the bench as much as he is. Um, and I think Cleveland and Golden State will be in on him. And man, if he goes to Golden State, I mean, That'd it's pretty it's, cool. It was already over. Or Joe Johnson? Perfect. Where's Joe Johnson headed? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I I don't like Joe Johnson's just not good anymore. This is not two years ago where we got that like special Joe Johnson was, season. You know, that was like eight months ago. Was it? He, he was hitting buzzer beaters in the playoffs eight months ago. Eight? Oh, I guess that was last year. I, I don't, I don't know, know when that was. Hey, that was like what, whatever today, May or April of last year. Today feels like it was six months long. Yeah, uh, it was a long uh, day. Eight eight months ago, the Grizzlies were going toe to toe with the Spurs, the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? Or we? I think I think we I think we I think we, we covered we enough. Got everything. Yeah, yeah we man. got everything, man. This, well, thanks. this is fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, always a pleasure talking. Tell tell people where they can uh, get your stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dave DeFour NBA, and um, you can listen to my podcast. It's on the NBA with Dave DeFour. It's very generic for a reason, so it's easy to find. 
Um, maybe someone, there's another podcast out there that someone confuses, uh, with mine and I get some listens and some, some ratings, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> never thought just, of that. We tried to go I'm the distinct kidding. route. I like what I'm you're, uh, the accidental click is your business model. That's right. I, I almost <laughs> did on the NBA basketball podcast, um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> just to be as generic as possible. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, that's where you can find me and, uh, you know, I'm around a That's lot. That's perfect. I, uh, I highly recommend Dave's uh, podcast. I, I listen uh, every episode because... Is, is that true? Is that true? Tell I me do. the truth. You only, you only okay. put out like one a week and it's like 35 minutes. That's, that's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I'm going to be bumping my, my schedule up, but uh, well, now that I'm done coaching. Uh, ah, so. well, my, my, I listen to all your episodes, that, uh, that expires when more than one a week comes out. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, well, Dave, thanks so much for taking time and look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks a bunch to Dave. Make sure you check out his podcast. Write him a review. Write us a review. Why won't you write us reviews? I see how many people are listening to this episode. Just like 10% of you wrote reviews. It'd be incredible. Anyway, sign into iTunes. Write us a five-star iTunes review. Anyway, also support the show at patreon.com slash breakfast. Download the Draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. You can follow me on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being GNG. Fast break break, man. You understand?